What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yeah, I really want, I mean, I set this off to be something that really pandered towards the clients, but I feel like if you offer really great advice and really great valuable information to these drivers to just like help advocate for them, right? Um, then they're gonna trust Bright Flag as a brand and they're gonna wanna work with people that work with Bright Flag. Turn my mic up. For you. Take this. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Hustle fam, hustle fam, we are back with another amazing episode. And today I have a very, very special guest. Mrs. Tony Toby? Toby. Yeah. Tony Toby. Tony from Toby. From Bright Flag. That's a great name, by the Thank way. Thank you. Tony Toby. Is that a real name? Uh, is my married? No, no. It was really uh, Tony Grishman, but I married somebody with Toby, and I mainly just married him because of the last name. So uh, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was so a win-win. it's like win. the four-letter, four-letter thing. Yeah, very good for branding. Right? People love it. Yeah, it just sounds it. like a politician or a stripper. You know, <laughs> I like politicians, so we'll go with that. But yeah, <laughs> right, right. But. Here today represents <laughs> <laughs> next on stage, Tony <laughs> Toby. Just right. kidding. Right. <laughs> Representing Bright Flag. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about what you guys are doing for the industry. Um, well, let, let, well, first of all, welcome to the show, Tony. Thanks. Thanks. thanks thank you for being here, um, being our guest for today. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about Bright Flag, just to put it in context, and then we'll kind of get into the origin story and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Bright Flag was founded in 2018. Um, currently, we have 45 recruiters on staff. We are all U.S.-based. And we primarily recruit in the FedEx and Amazon space, but um, we also have outside carriers um, as well and do a lot of recruiting for diesel mechanics and operations managers, anything that's really like linear in the logistics space. Um, so yeah, and we just really love what we do. And I think that that, that makes it a really enjoyable thing. So. Okay, so you said uh, you recruit for the FedEx and Amazon space. So mm -hmm. when you say recruiting for that space, are you saying drivers? Can, yeah. Who are you recruiting particularly? Mainly drivers, um, so class A CDL or non-CDL drivers. So, so they have a final mile space and then they also have a line hall space. And so we recruit drivers, they're W-2 employees of the entities that are hiring us to find the drivers. So we're basically just the kind of the vessel, the conduit between people looking for a job and then the people who need people to drive for them. Okay. Yeah. And, and tell me how this idea came about to start this business in 2018. Yeah. So um, by happenstance, <laughs> I don't know. Whoa. It's a big my, word. By That's a big word for this early in the podcast. You got to. You got to warm it up a little bit. Apparently, I went super Southern there, and I'm from New Orleans, so I don't even know. It just happened. Maybe I stroked out. But um, by happenstance, I came into a private equity company not too far from where we're filming, um, and they had a pretty diverse portfolio, and some of uh, the investments they had were in FedEx routes. And so they owned four separate entities. They brought me over uh, to run those operations, kind of everything from AR to AP to payroll to bookkeeping to operations, hiring, firing getting trucks, getting trucks, um, um, getting insurance for them, just everything that you can think of. Um, ran those successfully for two years. And then my partners wanted to divest and sell those and go into something that was a little bit less hands-on, less boots on the ground. Um, at that point, it had kind of already established a proof of concept for hiring drivers that really worked within our four operations and had already made... Um, just a lot of friends in the space that were other contractors in the same markets that we were in. And so my husband and I kind of talked about it and just kind of felt led to start a recruiting company that was really focused on helping small businesses uh, find and retain the best drivers and then really um, helping drivers find the best fit. Uh, mm. A lot of times drivers feel like they're being kind of like misled or lied to. And so we really try to take approach where we hear it from their perspective. And I think that's really been one of the defining things about Bright Flag and why it's been able to grow so organically over the last several years. Got it. What What is the biggest challenge when you're starting a recruiting company or what was the biggest challenge for you 
I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you did start with a network, so that that was a plus, I guess. But yeah. Tell me about it. Um, I think just not being aware of how to scale, um, growth trajectory, uh, pricing models. I mean, I was so undervalued in what I was charging people. I mean, it was quite a steal. Um, I had a really weird pricing model where I was charging hourly and people were paying it, but I think it's because they trusted me, Mm. um, which is really hard to do uh, over the phone. So pretty crazy how that grew. But um, I think you just don't know what you don't know. And um, just made a lot of uh, mistakes along the way on how do I grow and which silo do I grow in and like, what am I good at? And what is, what are, what's the low hanging fruit that I can outsource? I think one of the biggest challenges as a new entrepreneur is you don't think that you can be replicated and you're afraid to let go of some of the pieces that you've been holding on to and doing yourself because it's kind of a one man show. You're wearing all the hats and you're almost a generalist in a way where you're just doing everything. And so finding out what pieces can give you that time back to where you can focus on actually scaling and growing your business and having the time to be able to sit and think, okay, what is my next venture? Like, how can I get to the next level and not being inundated by all the mundane tasks and just knowing when to start offloading those and how to get that help um, was kind of the biggest challenge for me. It really took a long time to relinquish that control and believe anybody else could do it as good as I could or would care as much as I would about my, my company. Yeah. Um, but I think that if, once you find your tribe, it's really, really easy to start relinquishing that and then just start growing and building. And that's kind of where the magic happens. Got it. So you'd say Bright Flag serves majority drivers, right? Or, yeah. Or what's, how, does, how is the business broken up in terms of who you're serving for rec- in the recruiting space? Yeah. We, so we are, we're paid by our clients, but we always teach our recruiters that without our drivers, we don't have a business model. So yep. we approach it from two different perspectives. Like if you go on our Google um, reviews page, we have 400 and something reviews. And I would say 75% of those are from drivers. Mm. And most people in business would want the reviews from their clients. And I do welcome those. And I do want those because those are people paying my bill. But more importantly to me is what is the experience of the drivers? Right. What are they feeling like they're getting from utilizing bright flag services? Are they just another number? Are they just another social security? Are they just another uh, seat to fill? Like, or are they being heard? Are they being listened to? Are their needs being met? Um, And when you approach it from that perspective and you build um, a company that's based on that culture, I think that that is where you start getting the clients going, I want someone like that to represent my organization because I know that when that driver comes over, I'm going to have to worry a lot less about attrition and turnover because these drivers are really from inception getting the true facts about what this job entails, good, bad, or otherwise. And so they know what they're coming into. And then we're doing a really great handoff to that client. And so they feel like they already know the culture of the organization they're going to work for. And so it's kind of like a matchmaking service. And that's what I really like about it. That's the part that like makes me feel fulfilled. I like cash and checks, but I also like (laughs) helping people help themselves get a job that's going to be able to support them, feed them, feed their family. Like that's just... I mean, that's like being the hands and feet and being able to have the platform to do that um, and create jobs and help people get those jobs and jobs that they want and jobs that they're happy in um, is fulfilling on a different level. Got it. Now, are the drivers on Bright Flags payroll or are you recruiting them for the... Yeah, no, no, they're all W-2 employees um, for the the companies, for for our clients. Yeah. So they'll come to us and they'll say, hey, I need... You know, four OTR drivers that are going to run, you know, um, for a week and a half and they're going to be unassigned and this is how much they're going to get paid. And this is the average miles and this is their truck. And we'll go out and find those people and they know exactly what they're getting. And then we'll present them and they say yay or nay. And if they say yay, then we process them and get them fully onboarded to where they can be in a seat driving for that company. Has that always been a business model? Uh huh. Okay. So why does a company... Or why does why do your clients hire you as opposed to looking for drivers by themselves? That's a good question. I mean, a lot of people do do it themselves and will use us just kind of like to subsidize their own internal recruiting efforts. Um, our model is kind of like we just meet people where they're at. If this is something that they've been doing, but they feel like their time is more valuably spent working on and not in the business, then this is, like I said, one of those pieces that they can learn to outsource if they have, find the right partner to trust. 
And if they know that I'm trying to find drivers that are going to be the best quality fit for their company, that alleviates so much pressure on them because without trucks and without drivers, they don't have a company, right? Yeah. And I'm solving for a very important X, um, which is the driver piece of it. On the other flip side of that, um, sometimes they do it and they just realize I'm not good at this. I'm really good at the financials. I'm really good at scaling. I'm really good at looking at other growth opportunities um, and what how to you know elevate my fleet or how to have a better safety culture. But talking to drivers really isn't like my thing. That's not my wheelhouse, and I'm not you know relating to them or I'm coming across in a way that doesn't translate. And so I would like to have a professional do this because they can talk that language. They can talk about dropping hooks and penal hooks and you know butthead and deadhead and all those things that you know sometimes business owners that come in with the capital don't really know about and maybe don't have the best acumen to speak on. Mm. So 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 you guys started in that that last mile niche, right? Yeah. And you haven't really moved out of that space, right? Do you guys do like traditional like trucking, like OTR and all yeah. that? Yeah, okay. we do. Yeah. Well, so what happened was, is we started obviously in the final mile space. Yep. So the FedEx network is comprised of about 6,000 individual owner operators. They call them independent contract service providers. But um, what's really interesting is most of those, I'd say 75% of the network is line as a P&D, the home delivery side, the final mile. Yeah. So there's just a lot more pie there. So that's kind of where we started and got our foothold obviously in first. And then a lot of people, once they own in that final mile space, they start getting like excited and they realize, Ooh, more risk, more rewards. And they start getting a line haul. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted an, um, a resource that could, you know, be in both lanes. They didn't want to have a recruiting company that could just do final mile and have to find somebody else that could do OTR truck driver recruiting. So, um, I had a client and I said, why don't you teach me everything you know about recruiting line haul? I'll do it for free for you for a few months. Uh, learn the terminology, learn it. Um, be able to diversify my offerings and you get free recruiting. And so we did that. And um, and then once he felt like I was worthy to be paid, <laughs> probably a better deal for him. Um, then, you know, I just started offering those services and little by little people heard about it. And then we just grew our brand. And now we have, you know, I would say 50-50 on our line haul clients versus our final mile clients. And okay. I love it. And, and it's such a different niche too, because I feel like with the final mile, it's so physically intensive that yeah. you're just, it's kind of like a revolving door of hiring. It's almost like everybody that owns that, yeah, a lot of churn. So everybody that owns that is basically a glorified staffing company where line hall in class A, you are always having to like find drivers, but if you find the right ones, they're looking for that forever home. You know, they're looking for a place where like, you know, their name and you know, like, they got four kids and you know that they're from New Orleans and they love that that like relationship. And if you treat them right, then they stay for a long time. And so you really don't have um, all that attrition unless you're just growing, yeah. you know. Got it. Talk to me about your recruiting process. How, how do you guys, what's, what's the process you take the drivers through? What is the driver's journey when they, when they first start to interface with Bright Flag and how does that look? Yeah, so what we do is we... Um, well, the first thing we offer to any client, whether they're going to use us or not, and if anybody just comes to us and they want um, to understand their market to see where they stack up in terms of cents per mile or daily rate or bonus offerings or any of that stuff, we do a free market analysis. So I came from multifamily and we always had to look at comps and things like that when we were looking at different class A properties to invest in. And so I just took that and brought it into recruiting. And so we'll run comps in that market to look at unemployment rates and minimum wage rates and what other carriers that are offering similar jobs to you are paying and mm. what kind of bonus structures and incentives and um, health benefits and what kind of trucks are they in. And so we'll present that to clients that are looking at coming on with Bright Flag so that they know where they stand in their market. So they can see that they're not at the ceiling, right? And just bleeding unnecessarily on payroll and margins, right. but they're not at the bottom to where it doesn't matter how much um, ad spend they invest in. They're never going to get the visibility because, you they're know, they're, five, the right yeah, they're yeah. five cents, you know, per mile lower than everybody else. Yeah. So I love to present that information. How, first. Do, how do you get that data? I mean, research. I mean, I have five years of it compiled and I have kind of a heat map that tells me like areas based on um, how challenging a market is based on those demographics. And so okay. I just have that data and we refresh it every six months Okay. Um, in different markets. So like if you come to me and you're like, hey, I'm in Rifle, Colorado, how hard do you think it's going to be for me to staff, um, you know, two team drivers that are going to run dedicated to Tracy, California? I'm like, give me your comps and let me look in that market and I'll present that to you. 
yeah. then sometimes they go with us and sometimes they just use us as a resource just to get that information. But it's How just- How accurate is it? Very accurate. Very it's accurate. A real time. Yeah. That's interesting. Based on- I mean, that's very like important data, like yeah. for sure. Yeah. That right there is like worth the price of admission just to have that data, like And you it's said. free. And it's free because I feel like sometimes like, you know, I don't think we're the cheapest in the business and we're never going to race to the bottom on our prices. But one thing that we can do to offset that is be a value add and to constantly offer free um, services that are going to help you be successful. So I feel like if you are always trying to give that to people, then, you know, you're going to get that back in yeah. some way, shape or form. Um, so we do that market analysis. We understand. And that helps our recruiters, too. So it's kind of twofold. Um, it's not only helping the client to understand where they're at, but it's going to help me understand like what my recruiters are up against in that market. You know what I mean? Like For sure. if I know that that's a really highly saturated market where, you know, everybody is paying top dollar and the topography is really challenging um, to navigate and the inclement weather is really, really hard to drive through in six months out of the year. Like I know that that's going to be a challenging market. So I want to be able to set my recruiters up for you know, the best possible outcome and giving them that information and being able to talk through that with our client to see if there's anything that they can do um, to put themselves in a better position to be more viable um, as an offering. That's a win-win for both of us, right? Yeah, because it takes some convincing probably to the client yeah. sometimes because they have a number, right? Yeah, they, they do. Where they want to be. Yeah. Then you have to conv convince them where they need to be. Yeah, and sometimes I have to decline, you know, opportunities because I just don't think that we're going to be the best fit based on their parameters. And I, if there's somebody else out there that can do a better job or do it cheaper or can work within the parameters that they've set, then by all means, I, you know, I want them to have that. Yeah. And I'll be super transparent from inception about that. Um, but yeah, so after we do the market analysis, uh, then we send them a questionnaire that asks them all the intricacies about their their operation, their runs, their days and hours of um, pay and what kind of trucks they're in and is it new and is it old, is it automatic restriction, you know, all the questions, excuse me. You're good. And, um, and once we get that information, that data back, we create ads. We send it over to them for approval if they need us to redline or change anything we do. And then once they feel comfortable with that, we place those ads. Um, and then we start calling and vetting those drivers immediately based on the requirements of the carrier, um, their specific runs, you know, DOT regulations. You know, some people need three clean years of MVR. Some yep. people just need one full year of tractor trailer experience, whatever the stipulations are. We work within those parameters. Then once we have a viable candidate, we present that person to our client. Their client goes, yeah. Then we go background check, DAC report, MVR, PSP, FMCSA. We do everything. We okay. do everything. Got it. Um, you know, if they want a nine panel, drug and alcohol testing, all of it. Yeah. Okay. All of it. And then, um, once they've made it through that gauntlet <laughs> and we're, <laughs> and we're at a boy and an at a girl and I'm through that entire process because it is kind of, you know, a lengthy process. And For so, sure. you know, other people coming up and saying, Hey, like Swift's like, I can hire you in three days. You don't have to wait, do all this stuff. And I'm like, just be patient. You know, the pot of gold's on the other side. So we are really good at cultivating that relationship. We just, so we don't lose those drivers in that process of waiting for, you know, their employment to be verified. We're really proactive with like getting that stuff done as quickly and efficiently as possible so that they can be in a truck running and making money and our client can be making money too. Um, and then that client gets to decide if they want that driver or not. So we do all the sweat equity on the front end. And if at the end of the day you say, Hey, Tony, I really don't like that guy. You know, when he came in for his interview, I just, something was off and I don't feel like he's the right fit culturally. I say, all right, well then I didn't do my due diligence properly. And we replace that with a different driver for you until we get the one that you think is going to be the best fit for your, for your company. Got it. So do you guys don't really like carry a pool of drivers? It's more so you're recruiting in real time. We are recruiting in real time and we do have a database over a million drivers. Mm. Um, but I don't like to tap into that because I don't want to like harass those people. I want to use that um, as infrequently as I can, which you'll be like, why? You have over a million drivers. <laughs> but the reason why is because if you inundate them, you know, it, they, they, then they, they kind of opt out of wanting to hear anything. So like, right. unless I have something and I'm in a really challenging market and I really feel like I have something that's something that they're going to want, then I reach out to those people because I have all those metrics and all those KPIs that have come in when we've you know, scraped all that data. Right. Um, but I, I really try to be strategic in how we utilize that database. Do you have any data on like how long your drivers last with the customers, like we your do. attention and so forth? Can you speak about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, most of our drivers, if they make it past, I like to say the, the 30 to 60 day window, they usually stay on for at least a year or two. 
Um, and so if you have somebody, I mean, I know this sounds, you want people to stay on for you know decades, but if you have somebody running consistently for a year or two, you're making money off of them. Right. So it's worth the investment. Um, we typically know within the 30 and 60 days that they're going to work out. It gives them enough time to kind of be out there doing their run, getting to know the company, the company's getting to know them. And if there's any red flags, we see that really early on. But sometimes you just don't know until they're out there. You know, people mm. say they want to do a PM night shift and then they get out there and they're like, man, I'm, I'm too old for this or I actually really don't like the night. I just took this because, you know, I was looking for something else in the interim. And we don't catch that. But that's just people not being forthcoming in the beginning. But we really... We really try to to mitigate all of that from the beginning and really pour into them in those first initial conversations so that um, we really know what they're looking for and, and try to pull out of them if this really is something that they want or if this is just something that you're trying to do in the interim. So right. we don't waste payroll dollars for our clients um, and don't waste my recruiter's time because that stuff's expensive. Yeah. Once, um, once you engage with Bright Flag as a client, is is it over once you find me a driver? Mm -hmm. Is there like a continuous, like you're checking back up on me? Like, how, do we have a, a continued relationship? How does that work? Yeah. Um, so being in the position I was where I knew our margins were pretty thin when, in our operations, having a recruiting company that was charging me a monthly subscription every month was a little unpalatable. Um, some of my operations could sustain it because they were large enough, but some of them were small. They were eight to 10 trucks. And so they couldn't. Um, so when I started Bright Flag, I took that into mind and I really wanted to create something that just met carriers and clients where they were at, whether they had five trucks, two trucks, 60, 100, um, and they could use us as they needed us. So it's basically what you've said first. We will help them find what they need in that moment. And then they just contact us when they need help again. Some people consistently use us month to month and all throughout the year because their operations can sustain that financially. And then some people just call us when they need us. And we're happy to do those one-off, two-offs. Like nobody's too small, nobody's too big. Um, most of our companies are midsize. Mm -hmm. um, but I love people that are just coming into the industry. I love helping them and like getting them staffed and making them feel like they have a, the best foot forward to, to venture into this new, um, into this new, you know, this new avenue. So. Yeah. Are, are all those preliminary costs, are they passed through to the client? Like the MVRs and the drug and alcohol testing yeah. PSPs. Yeah. Are you guys paying for that and then passing them through or how does that work? Yeah, so on the FedEx side, it's paid through by FedEx um, corporate as okay. being an individual contractor. The contractors pay it back in their contract, but not upfront for every right. driver. So just, everybody feels okay in that situation. Yeah, on the carrier side, it's been mixed mixed reviews. I mean, some people want us to pay for it and then just let them know what it's going to cost. I mean, a PSP report's ten bucks. Yeah, a drug test. Um, we work with Concentra and LabCorp, so we can get it down to fifteen dollars. If they have a place that they want to use that they have a better rate with, then we'll just utilize whoever they're using and just run the reports under their company and under who they use yeah. the point is we just want to do it for them so when they think about recruiting they think about it in a turnkey solution and it's not disjointed where it's like okay here's the lead but i haven't talked to him or here's the lead and i've talked to him and i vetted him but now you have to do the rest of the process it's like when you come to us we can do God, <laughs> you're good <laughs> <laughs> um we can do all of it we can do just the front end vetting we can just do the processing we can do the whole gambit it's yeah. really whatever you're looking for and if you want us to use our process and pay our prices we're very upfront what those costs are and if you want us to go through your channels we'll do that too i just we just kind of whatever you need i mean because those, those costs can add up right like yeah. at scale especially if the if the driver makes it to a certain point in their drug and alcohol tested, they're this, they're that. You've run everything on them, background checks, and you spent, you know, whatever that amount is on that driver, and then the client says, oh, I don't like them. Yeah. All that money is kind of down the drain. And you start the process all over again. That's why I asked. Well, one of the things we do is we run that PSP first, and right. that gives a really a lot good of information early. Yeah, it gives a really good indication of work history and roadside, uh, you know, like what they're doing in terms of positives and negatives. And yeah. so I really get a really good snapshot into what do they what they've been up to for the last five years and what kind of employee they've been without having to dive too much into everything else. So um and that's 10 bucks, you Got know? It. Got so it. yeah. And go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna ahead. say and plus we also will present the contractor or the client with the driver that we're thinking about doing all of that with. So they'll have 
you know, their resume in front of them. They'll have the reference checks. And so they can so say, feel good about them already. Yeah. They can say, yeah, I like this or no, I really want some more experience on this side or with this specific endorsement or, you know, running, you know, more regional or running more local or doing more drop and swap, whatever it is. Right. So do you guys have any specific hiring criteria or do you go with your customer needs? It's all the customer. We will consult with them on what we think is best if they're, we always try to present it from like a safety culture perspective because if your drivers are safe, then you're gonna be saving money. Your drivers are gonna be in a better position. It's just all around a more holistic approach. Um, some people really don't care about safety. Like, <laughs> I'll approach it to them and I'm like- Unfortunately, yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, we should do this drug test or we should do this FMCSA clearinghouse report. And they're like, I just need a body. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I will definitely do that for you, but I take no responsibility. You know what right. I mean? So. Um, like I said, we meet people where they're at, but that's not what we try to, you know, Push. we coax them into, yeah, we try to coax them into doing what we think is ultimately going to be the best thing for them and for the driver. Got it. Got yeah. it. So you said 50% is, you said like your 50, 50 line haul, 50% less final mile. What else are you guys recruiting for? Yeah. So, um, the hot thing apparently right now that I wasn't even aware of, cause we've been doing it for five years is diesel mechanics. Mm. I mean, like I've had so many people calling me asking me like, how do you hire diesel mechanics? And it's just kind of like, leaves me a little bit flabbergasted cause we've just been doing it for five years, um, consistently. So I didn't know that there was even this huge there need or problem or, or a shortage. Yeah. Um, so we do diesel mechanics. Um, we also help hire operations managers. Um, something that's really interesting that people don't usually expect is we hire internal recruiters. So mm. as part of consulting, I always try to do what's best for the client, whether that be using bright flag or not. Um, so sometimes if carriers are over a certain amount of trucks, um, and they have the margins, I know what they're going to typically spend with me. Um, and so sometimes it might make sense for them to hire a W2 employee that can not exactly. only recruit, but do onboarding and do some other ancillary things. And we will train them just like we would a bright flag recruiter and then put that recruiter into their organization as a W2 employee of that company. Mm, um, smart. Yeah. And they really like appreciate that. They're like, wait, you want to just give us a recruiter? Yeah, but like, yeah, but, <laughs> recruiter, recruiter. but why not? Because then, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've offered that people have taken me up on it. And then I get these calls like, man, this has changed my life and I'm spending so much less money and I'm gonna tell my friend about you. And then they do, and then we get more and, and it's just, I mean, it just is also cyclical in like a really great positive way. So I just always try to think of like, what would I want as a client and yeah. well, how would I want a recruiting company to treat me? Cause I feel like so many of them are just predatory in a lot of ways. And, um, I feel like, I feel like I could be a lot richer if I could have that mindset, but it's just not the way I'm built. Like I just want to do right and be right by people. So, right. Right. Yeah. You said earlier, um, that all of your recruiters are here, U uh, S right. U S based. Yeah. Is, have you ever thought about scaling and going offshore if, if yes or no, why or why not? No. Um, and it's not because I don't want to support other countries, but I just feel like there's enough people in the U.S. that really need jobs and they really need to support themselves. And we have such an interesting and eclectic group of recruiters. So I hire people that have incredible pedigrees that have recruited for 20 years. And then I hire women that are just coming back into the workforce that want an opportunity because maybe they put their kids first and they raise them and they want an opportunity to support themselves and add to their household income. I have girls that went to college. I have girls that didn't go to college. I have people that went to college in marketing, but they can't get a job because they don't have any experience. So then this like weird conundrum. Mm. And so they can come and work for me for a few years, get some corporate experience and then go get whatever job they want. Um, and so I love being able to give that to people here. Um, the only thing that we're really specific about is hiring people that are all over the US so that they can relate to different people in certain areas. So like I'm from Louisiana and I know I'm going to talk to somebody completely different. I'm going to start my conversation with a big old hoot at <laughs> and go saints and, you know, breezy forever and right. stuff like that. Um, and we're just going to rap about, you know, the saints for a while. Um, but somebody from Louisiana would never know how to do that. Right. And so, and of course we got Alabama, Mississippi and they're close enough by, so we can, you know, we can transcend into that. But if I have somebody in Boston, I know that they're going to communicate a lot better with somebody in New Jersey and Connecticut and Rhode Island. 
and they're not going to think my recruiter is a hick from down south, you know. <laughs> um, and West Coast, they're going to vibe with the people, you know, in California at a Burbank, and they're going to be like, yeah, man, like, yeah, we'll get you a driver. It's all good. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I have a recruiter right now in Nevada, and get that's how every man. yeah, every time she answers the phone, I'm like, hey, such and such. And she's like, hey, man, like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm great, girl. How are you? And she's like, I'm, I'm good, just so good. I'm like. <laughs> you have great KPIs, so I'm not gonna mess with you. Right, right, right. But yeah, keep on but, doing what you're doing. Right? <laughs> keep on being good. Yep. So um, yeah, I I just like to be able to hire people that are gonna be able to relate to the areas that they're in, mm. and I don't know how much of that I can get offshoring or nearshoring, but we do have like bilingual recruiters um, because we're in pockets like um, California and uh, in you know, New Mexico and Texas. And so those drivers, um, even though they can speak English, they don't feel super comfortable and confident. Uh, maybe written's better for them. So having that bilingual recruiter and being able to post ads in Spanish really like I makes helps identify to them with their culture. And then they feel like somebody's kind of advocating for them. Yeah. So I feel like we can do all of that with US-based recruiters. It's just, um, as my board of directors tell me, a lot more expensive, but... I'm just going to keep for holding sure. on to it for until sure. I tell me for I sure. can't. <laughs> uh, um, what was I going to ask? Um, how, how many employees do you guys have now? Uh, on the recruiter side, we have 45. 45 recruiters. Yes. And then we have two. All over the country. Yeah. All over the country. Okay. Yeah. All remote. All remote. It was all built remote. Nice. I mean, I, I, I was training people in person in Georgia, but then we just started expanding and just opened it up to the U.S. And yeah, it's worked out really well. And this was before COVID. So that was kind of like my selling point was, I was like, we're remote. And people were like, this is amazing. And then COVID <laughs> happened and everybody was around. I was like, dang it. It like took my, like that was my edge. It took your sauce. <laughs> yeah. But then everybody had to start coming back. And I was like, excellent. Right. Sorry for the people who have to go back in the office. But then that gave me opportunity to get people that didn't want to go back in the office that wanted to come and have, you know, that space to be able to go pick up their kids if they have a doctor's appointment or go, you know, see a soccer game early and then come back and finish their work late at night or work on a weekend if they had something going on during the weekday. Like we give them a lot of space to just, you know, have complete trust until they they give us a reason to not have it. So mm. it's a really good culture. Got it. That we have. Sounds like it. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned KPIs earlier with your girl in, in uh, the West Coast. What are the kind of KPIs you guys are looking for as a recruiter? What are, What's important to you? Yeah. Um, touch points are really important. How many touch points they're having. Uh, we Ex expand on what touch points is. For yeah. Understand. Absolutely. So I like to have three modes of communication. So obviously email is important um, for delegating long laundry lists of things that they got to get done. But um, just being really cognizant of texting and calling, like people are just really text heavy right now. So I want them to have reach outs on all three, kind of like in that trifecta and continue to reach out. Like if some, if one works for one person, then just always having that communication flowing with them constantly throughout the hiring process. So how many times are they reaching out? How, what's the modes that they're reaching out? How effective are those modes? Um, and because we can look at the demographics of those drivers, how old they are, um, the location, and who responds to what mode of communication better. Mm. Um, so we can start to build, you know, uh, reporting around that and understand the demographics better and more intricately. Um, you know, the conversion rate, how long people are staying in each process and stages of recruiting. So like from the time that they talk to them and they're interested in the job, like how long does it take that person to fill out an application? And after they fill out the application, how long is the background check taking or the MVR or the drug test or the DOT physical to be uploaded and approved? Like how long are each of those pieces taking in the process? So that conversion rate is really, really important to us and how quickly can they get to that? And each recruiter is responsible for that individual's candidate's entire process That's or right. does it get passed on to anybody no else? they completely own that that client from start to finish okay yeah. okay got it all right so as we talk about scaling and growing what is on the roadmap for bright flag what are you guys looking into for the you know this the end of you know, the last couple quarters of this year and then first quarter next year what, what's the plans um, I think we want to get a lot heavier on the carrier side and offering our recruiting services there um, we have a couple of avenues that we've really, um, been focused on in terms of how we want to obtain drivers. So one of those has been obviously getting he more heavily involved with women in trucking. Um, nice. the other one is minorities in trucking. 
Um, and then the other one is veterans and trucking. Mm. So, um, and specifically for minorities, a lot of people don't realize that you can pull from Puerto Rico. Like they are U.S. citizens and their driving experience absolutely counts. And so you can bring people from Puerto Rico here for a very small fee and have a surplus of drivers that are going to have a much better quality of life here in the States um, and pay, they're already paying taxes, but here, I mean, in the state states, right. not Puerto Rico as a state or a country, um, but you can bring them here and they can get paid a whole lot more than they're getting paid down there. And it's I'll a do whole, an exchange for one, like, like a foreign exchange. Like I'll go to Puerto Rico, they come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. You go have some coconuts and they're out here driving right. your truck. Right. So they can drive a truck, fair exchange, no robbery. A hundred percent. No, but there's a, that's a whole untapped market that people just aren't aware of. That's one. Um, veterans, what a lot of people don't understand is that when they're driving class A tractor trailer overseas, as long as that ver that can be verified, um, that can count as driving experience. And like, why not hire people that have been fighting for our freedom and give those people jobs as soon as they come out? So working with companies like SkillsBridge, where you're helping um, veterans as they're transitioning out of active duty into civilian life and being able to give them a job as soon as they come out, whether it be in an operations role or a diesel mechanic or a driver, like that's a really, um, that's a really big push that we've been working towards. And then women in trucking, they don't make up a lot of the percentage of drivers. I think it's like 28% or maybe even lower. Um, but just educating women on the fact that they can actually have um, a trucking job and not be away from their families. Like there are tons of local opportunities where they can make these really incredible, um, you know, uh, live, livings and they don't even know about it. You know, they think that they have to be stuck into these other roles or be over the road away from their family and they don't. So just like tapping into those markets and really trying to educate those people and bring them into, um, into what we do and trying to find them, trying to find them jobs. For sure. Uh, dr driver pay has always been an issue. And, you know, you, you talked earlier about having like data that kind of talks about the driver play in different areas. Mm -hmm. Is that any of that stuff available to the public that people can see, like to where they could understand like where they would fall or just have an idea what their pay wages should be? Or, or, or is there any way you could point people to some different maybe platforms where they could find or do their own research and find that kind of information? So yeah, so we don't share with them like all of our data points, but for their specific market, that goes back to that market analysis. So that is free to you, to him. Like if you guys came to me and were like, hey, I'm in Jersey and um, I want to have, you know, data on what it would cost or where I stack up against, you know, people that are doing class A solo, um, you know, local runs. I would, I would get all of that data for you and then present that with you and then go over those findings with you mm. free of charge. So Because that would be a great way to recruit. All right, guys. Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. Drivers, right? Like mm -hmm. if they could understand what they're... Oh, you're talking about from the driver, from the perspective. driver perspective. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Got right? it. So got if it. I'm a driver looking right, right, right now and I'm on the market, I'm a free agent. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I want to, you know, I want to move to this particular area, but I don't know exactly what the driver... Because it's different based on like, you know, living wage and all that kind of stuff. Like, I want to know what the, the going rate is for a driver with my skill mm -hmm. level, you know, with my particular endorsements and so forth. If there's a way to know that... Yeah. That'd be a good way to recruit. I actually have a video that's coming out that um, we're in the works that we're just finishing the copy on it. That's actually going to tell drivers how to um, advocate for better pay and how to know when uh, they're deserving of better pay based on the market. I love that. And skill set. Yeah. 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 I think that's very important. It'll be very valuable. And it's a good lead generation tool for you guys as yeah. well. It's a value add and it will you know, bring people more into the bright flag ecosystem. Yeah, I really want, I mean, I set this off to be something that really pandered towards the clients, but I kind of feel it's like field of dreams. Like if you build it, they will come <laughs> and uh, not to be cliche, but I feel like if you offer 
really great advice and really great valuable information to these drivers to just like help advocate for them. Right. Um, then they're going to trust Bright Flag as a brand and they're going to want to work with people that work with Bright Flag because they're going to know that we're not just taking, you know, any any client off the street and just, you know, kind of giving them lip service like that. We are going to stand behind what these clients are offering and make sure that we're, we're giving them, you know, the whole truth. About it should what be they fair. Should, yeah. Right. Because that's how you have like longevity. Like you can you can accept the job. And then when you realize you're not getting paid what you should be, you're not going to be there very long anyway. Right. Yeah. So if we cut through all that and we're more transparent up front. Yeah, every, everybody wins and that's the goal. Yeah, I never understood how people operated on, a, on any other level. You know what I mean? Because you may get them in there, but then they don't stay and then you're back at square one. Then you're back at square one. Yeah. And you're wasting everybody's time, energy, effort, money to start right over again. Yeah, but I think the way that some of these models are are, are done is that, you know, you kind of get what you get and you don't throw a fit. And so once that driver's <laughs> in a seat, it's like, right. done. Right. So maybe We're good. Yeah. So maybe there's just not enough skin in the game from, you know, the outside, you know, recruiting company to really do their due diligence to get the right person in the seat. Yeah, you know? I got it. How do you guys uh, and you, you've, we've talked about this, but maybe there's some additional items. How are you standing out and separating yourself or uh, uh, how are you standing out from other recruiting agencies out there? I think by just offering free information that's valuable. So the market analysis has been a really huge hit. We've always done that. Um, the second biggest thing that we've done lately is called the Work Opportunity Tax Credit. So mm. that's been around, I think, since the 90s. Um, and what that does is it helps um, people that are, well, it gives you a government subsidy if you hire people from certain brackets. So there's about 10 different distinguishers. Um, some of them you won't be able to hire just because of background check limitations. Like some of them are for like if you hire convicted felons, which we all know is like kind of a hard thing to work past. They have to be like a certain amount of time out, like 10 years out from anything on their their background. Right. Um, but there's other ones like um, if you hire a veteran, um, you can actually get up to three thousand dollars back annually per driver that you hire just for them being a veteran. Um, and then if they're a veteran that's been disabled and not just like physically disabled, but maybe they have PTSD, um, then you get even more money back because you're hiring a veteran that has PTSD. And the idea of it all is to kind of take the burden off of the government that's subsidizing these people's income and giving them jobs. So by doing that, they're rewarding you as the client for hiring these people because then that there, there's not that much money being extrapolated from the government because um, you're subsidizing that as hiring them. And so other things are like impoverished um, empowerment zones. So um, I'm from Louisiana. It's a very impoverished area, um, one of the lowest, you know, income and uh, national incomes. Um, and so hiring people from Louisiana or like parts of Florida or parts of, you know, like remote Pennsylvania, there's all these different pockets. But if you hire people from certain cities, then they actually qualify mm. and the, they can, they can hit multiple buckets. Like you can have somebody from an empowerment zone that was a veteran that was disabled and you get the more boxes they check, the more money you get, get back. And so what we do is we have those identifiers out there to everybody we're vetting, vetting. Um, with all within the legal parameters of being able to ask that um, and not get in trouble. Right. Um, so we present these questions to them. And if they check yes, then we complete this application for them and submit it to the right government agency. So we do all the legwork because it has to be submitted within a certain time frame of them starting for your organization. And then at the end of the year, we report which drivers um, met that criteria and then you run that against how many hours that they worked for your company with your CPA and then you present that. Um, and you get that money back and that helps subsidize your recruiting costs or operational costs. Mm. And you're helping people that need help the most because, you know, um, another one is government subsidies. So if they've ever been on like WIC or food stamps or government housing or got, you know, a cricket phone from the government, any of those people actually count as well. And um, so that's just a way for you to kind of help those people help themselves. And then you're also getting that kickback. So that's something that we offer as a free additional service to what Bright Flag does. Got it. No, that's interesting. Very interesting. Who who are you most interested in getting this message out to? Are you looking for drivers? Are you looking for recruiters? Are you looking for more clients? I'm sure all. <laughs> what is prime? Like, what's the what's the 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 uh, the like? What's the top? What's most important to you? Like, you know, yeah. in, in terms of your messaging and who you want to speak to. 
The drivers. The drivers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, that's the approach that's always been the nearest to my heart. And those are the people that I feel like um, need the most advocating for because they're the people. And I actually, I know a lot of clients are going to hate this, but um, I, like I actually, <laughs> I actually kind of like the turn of events that's been happening lately with the drivers kind of having the upper hand to be able to ask for this like exorbitant amount of pay and sign on oh, yeah. bonuses because for so long, they like were kept in these and yellow and all the different yeah, strikes. And I'm for it. For I'm for it. I mean, I think that people should be able to get what they're worth. And if you have a group of people that are all having to work for 31 cents a mile and they've been driving for 10 years and they're only getting up two more cents extra every year, you know, I, I don't think that's right. And so the fact that now e-commerce with COVID has kind of pushed us into the future by 20 years. And now everybody realized they need people to move this freight um, because brick and mortars are closing and you got these Timus and Wayfairs and Amazon just booming and bustling. Um, I think it's great that they need these drivers. And now the drivers don't really need them because it's kind of a driver's market. So mm. it kind of goes back to how we've always been positioning ourselves with the drivers, which is to hear what they want. Now, some of them will come with some astronomical requests and I'll be like, dude, you're living on a different planet <laughs> and I can't help you because I'm not a fairy godmother. Right. Um, so you have to go somewhere else. But um, some of them have like some really just, you know, very basic human requests where like they just want to feel like they are humanized and that they're not just out there ripping and running to make you money, but they're also, you know, adding and they're winning and you're winning. And so they want to feel a part of something like that. And I love connecting them with that. So I think drivers, number one, and then also obviously the clients, because if I've got the clients for the drivers, then That's right. they won't chicken care how egg, much. Right? Yeah, chicken egg. <laughs> they won't care how much I, I care about them because I'm not going to be able to give them any money. Right. So yeah, I think it goes hand in hand, but um, definitely the drivers. I mean, it's always been about them for me. And um, yeah. So okay. Give us a call. Do you have <laughs> any fears of autonomous and what are your thoughts about that? And how yeah. are you how are you building a protection around your business as we move into the future? So I will never believe that are you talking about autonomous vehicles or auto autonomous vehicles and oh. driverless trucks and these things that they're saying in the next 10 years, we will be taking drivers jobs and so forth. What are you what are your thoughts? I mean, I think it's going to happen. I don't think there's anything we can do to fight against it. Um, but I think that you will always need the human touch in some perspective. So there's always going to be opportunities for those people to move into other roles. You know, um, what, the, what that looks like, I, I couldn't speculate. But um, I am for the AI. I am for uh, a lot of the things that are being created because it helps on the back end processing um, to make our jobs more efficient as recruiters. Um, but I think where people are kind of missing the mark is they're trying to do it for everything from those initial touch points. Mm -hmm. um, like if someone applies for a job, you're getting a bot that you think, you know, they, they think sounds like a person, but it's not. It's not a human on the phone picking up and saying like, hey, Brad, I just saw you apply on Indeed or, you know, through Truck Driver USA or whatever. Um, tell me about why you applied and what you're looking for. What made you click this button? You can't replace that with right. bots. You can't replace that with knockout questions. Um, that can definitely serve a purpose, and we we definitely utilize that in a in the back end piece of our process. But um, the human when when drivers write reviews where they talk about how they can pick up the phone and speak to a person in real time that can help them navigate and mitigate an issue that they're having, that's where we win. And so, um, although I'm for it on the efficiency side, I don't think it's going to completely replace humans until. In the actual and, vehicle. Until that, in, yeah, driving, until the, the drivers side. actually go away. But I do think, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be in our lifetime, but yeah. I think it's definitely coming. I think a lot has to change just in terms of infrastructure and everything. I mean, it's one thing to just, you know, go in a straight line. But then when you talk about going into some of these, you know, cities and, you know, under bridges and some of these backing areas, it's like yeah. a, a, a computer is going to like go crazy trying to figure all that out. I think right? it'll happen more with, with, um, I think it'll happen faster with OTR than it would with Final Mile. For sure, for sure. Final Mile is the last place where that's I really do, happen. just because of just the tumultuousness and physicality of right. it. Because they've been doing, like Amazon's been doing it with drones, and they've been doing it with those robots that come out of the truck, and then like go to the door, and you put in a code, and it opens up, kind of like the lockers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think it's it's gone well. And with just the amount of freight from that Final Mile piece of it, I just, I think that's going to be the last to go. I think they could probably autonomize, or they can have more autonomy faster with um, line haul than I think they can. But I think it's probably going to start local, 
they'll see how that goes. And then right. it's going to expand into OTR, or regional, and then OTR. But, but it's going to take some time. A hundred percent. hundred years. I don't know if that's going to be a hundred years. I mean, Elon, he's doing some crazy stuff. So, I mean, we might Elon's going to be boxing with Mark Zuckerberg soon. I, heard. <laughs> I think he's more interested in getting in the ring than changing the world at this point. <laughs> I don't I don't know how he's going to fare. I mean. Mark is kind of, Mark he, is, all right. Yeah. He's my sons do jujitsu and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, their ground game is pretty strong. So. Do you know uh, Mike Musemi, I think his name is, the, the kid that uh, Mark Zuckerberg trains with? Trains? No. I think his name is Michael Musemi, but he looks like this like he looks like a nerd right and i'm not trying to be like offensive to anybody yeah. but like he doesn't he looks like a little geek like punk but if you get in the ring with this kid like he will tear you up that's you know the crazy I mean? thing about jujitsu man is he, he will tear he will break every bone in your body and all he does is smile and he's so happy but it's like this kid is a, is a beast. Yeah. You know, like you really cannot judge a book by its cover. You can't. You I, know, I go into my son's jujitsu gym. He goes to a place called Kenny Kim. He's a really, really great guy. And the people that are in there, like, yeah, no offense, but they look like like they're computer programmers. <laughs> and you're like and then you're looking at their belt and then you're just watching them slam somebody. <laughs> With just such ease, and right. you're just not even like breaking a sweat, and you're like, oh my gosh! Like if I was out in the street, and like I tried to punch that person, like freaking break my arm off, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. and you just would never even know. You it's would like, never know. It's so incognito, um, which I kind of like. You it know? is. Like, it's, it's good because it makes you it makes you think twice, right? Like everybody, yeah. some some people out there are bullies, and they want to just pick on people because of how they look. But nowadays, you can't do that, man. People know some stuff. I know. You I might think be that, pleasantly surprised. And I and I also Mark Zuckerberg has like some you know he's got some youth on his side. He I does. Mean, Elon, you know, with all the marijuana smoking and yeah. stuff, he might not have the stamina. I don't I'm know. definitely Team Zuck for sure. I, I'm 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 putting my money on Zuckerberg if they ever get in the ring. If I have to say who I like better, I'm gonna say Elon. But do you dude, like Elon better? I do. I love him. I just think he's genius. I like. I love. No, him. he's a genius, but he's kind of like a like a douchey type of genius. <laughs> Like his just, attitude is kind of just like he's like he just does things like to just piss people off to me on purpose, and I'm just like, okay, I get it. Like he just like tries to overcompensate to me. Yeah. Like we get it. You're cool, dude. We know. That <laughs> <laughs> like he just yeah. wants to just be this cool. Like he wants to be like like Iron Man or something like that. Yeah. And he's like living out this Robert Downey Jr. like version of himself who he right. really isn't. That's what that's what I that's what he's giving to me as the yeah. kids say giving you know I get that he's not but, being his genuine self but you know I like that for him because I feel like maybe his whole life he was kind of like that nerd and that misunderstood so like this is like his time to peacock you right. know like he's he's shining maybe he's he doesn't shining. know the best way to do it yes. you know because he doesn't have like a like a personality coach or somebody behind him being like hey like that's socially awkward or unacceptable yeah. but he's just like marching to the beat of his own drum whether it works or not and. On some level, I kind of respect that because it seems freeing, but he's got also got the fu money, so you he know. does. And I, and I would you say you can kind of be free like that. He's definitely <laughs> like the the most. I would say like the best entrepreneur of this era for sure. I mean, he started what three billion dollar businesses, SpaceX. Yeah. He was a part of PayPal. Pay, PayPal, that, Bo- like, boring company. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, what's the last one he did? Tesla. Now he's got Twitter. Like who? No one is doing what Elon did. No. It's kind of crazy. So we got to give him his props. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, Mark's just kind of like warmy too. You know what I mean? He's just like, <laughs> Mark's not going to run. Plus, I don't like what he did to those brothers in Harvard. Oh, that was kind of good. Like yeah. that, they're like. The Hagglesnuff twins uh, or whatever they're yeah. called. Hagglesnuff? <laughs> oh, that was like a Harry Potter <laughs> reference. I think they were like Winklevoss. Winklevoss. There you go. Hagglesnuff. Same Voss. <laughs> the Voss twins. They're all right. They got a lot of money too, though. They're good. They're, it, it made it look bad in the movie, but I they're know. like billionaires too. They're, they're fine. I they're know. Good. I can't feel too bad for yeah, them it as, they're, as they're out there rowing crew. Yeah, they're like rowing their boat. Beautiful, row. like Stepford Wives, you right. know. And Hair blowing in the wind. Yes. We're going to get you, Mark. We're going to find you. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't like just like like you know double team them just like beat them down yeah that's that's what it should have just beat them down that's what I would have done if I was a guy (laughs) for sure I'm a a woman who do you look up to in business oh man um I would have well Elon is one of them Elon okay um and I really I don't want to like be too cliche but I really um I don't want to say it because I feel like it's super controversial. Um, but I really love Kevin O'Leary. <laughs> like, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to say it, but I'm 
so you know, we had Damon John from Shark Tank on the show. Did you? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Kevin O'Leary yeah. is going to be the keynote speaker at the Route Consultant event that I'm going oh, okay. to in Vegas. Okay. And I have called so many people to see if like anybody can just like get me like a photo op. Like, Mr. He is, wonderful. But he, yeah, but he's not so wonderful because he won't do it. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I have like fangirled for him. Like, why are you for, emba- hold on. Why are you embarrassed to like Kevin O'Leary? He's a good Because he's so like, I mean, for a lot of people, he's just so like unpalatable, but I just like love his like posture like i i just i'm almost kind of like the same thing about elon like they just say and do what they want to do you like the badasses yeah and That's i just like. i just feel like if you can just have the freedom to just be like unapologetically you always and just be like no i don't like that or yes i like that or no that's stupid right. and be able to say that with like such confidence i i mean but then also have like just the background um, to be able to back up back all of your up. intelligence. I mean, I just, I live for that and I, yeah. I respect it and I wish, you know, I could emulate that on some levels, but. I think that's the key is you gotta be able to back it up. Yeah. And that's what they're able to do. They could back it up. They could talk all the junk they want because they could back it up. I'm so diplomat. I'm such, I'm such a Switzerland, you know what I mean? So like when I see people possess that, I'm like, oh, yeah. I wish yeah. I had that. <laughs> I wish I could be that, you right, know? Right, so, right, but right. I know, but yeah, he's just like, I mean, Shark Tank. I mean, if you could like pick anybody, I'm like, oh, I like Kevin O'Leary. You know, I'm nice. <laughs> I would have thought maybe Barbara. You know what I mean? I like know? Lori. Lori. I like, I want, Lori's no, cool. Actually, Barbara is pretty amazing. They're both. They're all really cool. Her actually. story is really cool. She Super got lo- she got left by her husband, and he told her she would never be anything. And so she saw she she um started She's a real estate too, right? She started the largest real estate company in New York, and like grossed like 300 million in like the first year, and like crazy to her ex husband. I was like, yes, crazy. Do it, boss. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like nah, she's amazing. No, nah, that's big. That's big. There's just something about the the persona. Of, well, soon, of Kevin s- soon, somebody, if not already, somebody will be naming you as their person to look oh, up. Oh gosh, to. I don't even know how to handle that. <laughs> I don't probably dismiss it. So, so, and, and maybe already, you never know. I'm, I'm sure there's people who look at you like, yeah, Tony's pretty nice. cool. I like how Tony just goes in a room and she just says what she wants to say. <laughs> <laughs> She does her thing. She don't care. You know, they're probably having that conversation right now. Oh, you never that's know. really kind to say. Hey, that's what I, I say kind things. That's what I'm here I for. I like it. For sure. For sure. I don't even know if you're joking, but I'm, no, just, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling. I'm absorbing. I'm, and I'm dead just... serious. I'm, 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 I'm keeping it real. Okay. All right, cool. So, um, yeah. All right. So I think we covered a lot. Did we miss anything about Bright Flag that you feel needs to be put out there to the audience? Yeah, just use us. <laughs> no, I, but if you really, if you um, are wanting some help and understanding your market, like utilize us as a free resource. We're, we're happy to do that for you. It doesn't matter if you plan on ever using us um, as a service provider. We're just happy to, to be that resource for you. And for drivers, if you're looking for someone who is going to be honest and advocate for, me, for you on um, just a level that you've probably never felt before from a recruiting agency, then definitely give us a call because we're here for you. I so. love that. I love that. So traditionally, that was a good closing, but we still have to get a final thought from you, right? So oh, Lord. Before we before we end the show, we have to, number one, learn where people can connect with you directly. Sure. And learn more about Bright Flag. Yeah. And then we have to get our final thought. So our final thought is something spiritual, entrepreneurial, whatever you want to leave our audience with just like a like golden nugget and then we'll and then we'll get out of here so let's start with where they can connect with you yeah that's a that's a tall order um <laughs> it's a lot for six thirty at night <laughs> um okay so you can connect with me uh, we have a facebook page you can go to uh, brightflagrecruiting.com my email is tony tovi at brightflagrecruiting.com so it's t-o-n-i-t-o-v-i v as in victor at brightflagrecruiting.com and then you can always just call me. Um, I have a work number that's on our website. But if you want to call me personally, you can do that as well. It's 404. That's right. I got the 404. Nice. Uh, 991-1280. And if you are not from Atlanta, then you don't know. But if you know, then you know. Um, but I wish it was a 504 because I don't play in Atlanta. Um, but yeah. So yeah, those are the different ways. Um, we have an Instagram. It's not that great. We could do a lot more with that. Um, but yeah, our Facebook and our website is predominantly, and we have some videos on YouTube uh, that we produce, so and some more to come on that. But in terms of um, a final thought, final what, thought, Tony. what I would leave, Cl- close us out, close us out strong. Ooh, let's just let's just close it in prayer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, bow our heads. Tony's gonna close us out. <laughs> dear, dear universe. Um. 
I would just say do on to others. I think if you can always be the kind of company that can offer value to people without expecting something in return, it's going to come back on you tenfold. And that is what we have practiced. That is what we have preached. And that is how we've been able to grow. And so if there's any advice that I can give people is just be the light and be the right person that you want people to be to you, to others. And it just comes. It just, I mean, you get blessed in ways that you don't even know. And it comes organically and it comes it comes swiftly. So just to always try to be that way. And, you know, don't always be paper trace, uh, paper chasing. It's not always about that. That stuff comes uh, if you do things right. So mm. that would be my biggest advice. And if you can't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. Hustle fam, this has been another <laughs> amazing episode. I had fun talking today, Tony. This was, I did too. This was cool. Yeah, was absolutely. Cool. I wish you guys the best. Uh, seems like a really, really great company. I'm going to be watching you. as you guys continue to grow and Thanks. also sending some people your way. Tell them to come check you out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's about that time, Hustle fam. If you smell something burning, it is only a desire. Myself, Tony Tovey from Bright Flag, we are. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.